You're listening to the Lung Academy podcast. The Lung Academy offers you educational and future-focused content created in collaboration with expert physicians that enables the exchange of knowledge, expertise, and best practices in lung cancer care. Welcome listeners to our podcast on advanced care planning. My name is Corine Eeltink. I am a nurse practitioner in the Netherlands. We're happy to have Marloes Janssen, a nurse practitioner with experience in helping patients and families make complex care decisions. She's an expert in advanced care planning, which supports patients in thinking about and choosing future care options that suit their personal situations and preferences. Today, Marloes will discuss the vital role of advanced care planning in healthcare and how it can lead to better patient care and quality of life. Thank you for having me. As you mentioned, I want to talk about advanced care planning today. Advanced care planning is defined as the ability to enable individuals to define goals and preference with the future medical treatment and care, and to do, discuss these goals and preferences with family and healthcare providers, and to record and to review these preferences if appropriate. Advanced care planning promotes patient autonomy and ensures better end-of-life care. Discussing palliative care in an early stage ensures improved quality of life, appropriate care and less aggressive treatments, such as ventilation, resuscitation and ICU admissions. In doing so, it reduces anxiety, depression and post-traumatic stress disorder in loved ones. In the Netherlands, research has shown that 70% of the population has considered medical end-of-life decisions at some point. 64% have discussed this with their loved ones and only 13% with the doctor. What are important questions to ask a patient to reduce the burden of disease and how can a caregiver provide information to support the patient? It's essential to ask patients about what matters to them now, what a good day looks like, what they enjoy doing on a good day, what they hope to do on this stage of their life, and also about what a bad day looks like, the challenges they face on a bad day, or what helps them to make bad days less difficult. The caregiver provides information to help the patient and reduce the burden of disease. He or she does this by talking about the disease, what the disease does to the patient, and what burden it causes. Social support is vital. Is there someone who can help the patient, or do they have no support from the social network? If there's no support, it's important to explore where they can find it to reduce their burden and prevent them from feeling completely alone. What happens if we don't know what the patient wants? If we don't know the patient's wishes, we do our best to provide care, but it might not align with what the patient wanted. As a result, we see relatives reporting the following in some cases. My mother never wanted this. My father has been indicating for years that he's done with life. A few years ago, my husband indicated that he did not want to be resuscitated, but this was never recorded. My grandmother indicated she did not want to become a vegetable, and now she is on a ventilator with a poor prognosis. When is the right moment to start advanced care planning? It's hard to pinpoint the exact right moment. But the surprise question can help to guide this decision. Would I be surprised if the patient dies within a year? If the answer is no, it's a good time to start the conversation. 
but other things can also be reasons to talk to the patient and relatives. For example, increased dependence in general daily living activities, frequent medical care, more than 50% immobile in bed or chair during the day, as well as persistent impeding symptoms despite optimal treatment or a life-threatening diagnosis. The patient or family may also request palliative care Virgo future treatment or want a focus on quality of life. Theory is nice, but can you give an example from real life? Yes, I can. The case involved a 55-year-old woman with stage 4 lung cancer. The latest CT scan showed progression of disease and the decision was made to discontinue treatment and move to the best support of care. No further concrete arrangements were made with her. Two months after this conversation, she ended up in the emergency room because of a progression of dyspnea, most likely due to incipient obstruction pneumonia. Antibiotics are started and palliative care is initiated, as life expectancy is even less than three months. Patient is eventually transferred to a hospice. So you can ask yourself about this case. Could it have been done differently? Would the patient still have wanted to go to the hospital? Were there still things the patient would have liked to do in the last phase of her life? Or are there things that are still important to her in this last phase? These things were not discussed beforehand and were discussed in a bad situation, which revealed that she would have preferred not to go back to the hospital and would have preferred to stay at home. She wanted good care and medical support and to pass away in her familiar surroundings. In retrospect, we should have had the conversation with the patient earlier, but earlier it turned out the patient was not ready for that conversation. That is why it hasn't been done. We should not force it on her, but looking back, we could have insisted more. What are the key elements of a successful conversation between a nurse, specialist and a patient about quality of life, treatment options and end-of-life decisions? In our hospital, we typically have conversation with a nurse and specialist. The nurse starts by talking to the patient about their quality of life and what's important to them, as well as discussing resuscitation, ventilation and ICU admission. They also discuss life beliefs and talk more about euthanasia, palliative sedation or the location where the patient would prefer to pass away. Not all topics are discussed with every patient. The conversation is tailored to the patient. The specialist joins in later to briefly conclude the treatment arrangement, so the patient leaves with a plan they support and can use as a living will if signed. For this type of conversation, the right setting is crucial. A quiet environment with a planned conversation and enough time. The nurse often leads the discussion. It's important that you listen carefully, asking follow-up questions and acting as a bridge between the, between the patient and the specialist. They should also pay attention to the emotion of the patient and relatives. Sometimes it happens you don't reach the agreements you would like, but a thought process has been set in motion. And why is it particularly important for nurses to conduct this type of conversation? Nurses are particularly suited for this type of conversation because they are more attentive to the patient's needs. They can advocate for the patient and translate between the patient's perspective and medical agreements. Nurse practitioners can also conduct this type of conversation. And what are your experiences so far? 
patients and relatives generally have positive experience with these conversations. They really appreciate it. They find them difficult but valuable. They appreciated the opportunity to have these discussions, which gives them more clarity and control. It allows them to calmly think and talk about their preferences beforehand. As healthcare providers, we become better informed about the patient's wishes through these conversations. Although they initially take time, they save time later. Knowing the patient beforehand can make conversations easier, but it isn't necessary. Appropriate care is provided and patients don't make hasty decisions during acute moments. It's essential to follow up after the conversation, as advanced care planning should be dynamic. All involved healthcare providers, such as the GP and home care, should be informed. Make sure that those who need to follow up are informed and assure this. Who conducts the discussion is not important, as long as it is done by the care providers involved, and preferably by a nurse or nurse practitioner. Finally, what are your final thoughts you want to share with our listeners? As we discussed, it's important to have advanced care planning conversation during the patient's last phase of life. With some chronic disease, it's not possible to specify exactly when it is really the last phase of their life, for example with COPD. Some patients can still live for years, even if they have a poor quality of life. The focus should be on quality of life and care goals and arrangements should be made with the patient's best interest in mind. Take the time for these conversations, even though they can be tough and difficult, they are essential to providing appropriate care. Don't be afraid. Patients find it challenging too, but you are doing it for their benefit. 